Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and I hope you're enjoying this season's edition of the 50 Most Relevant, where we have a conversation every single day for the first 50 days of 2023 talking about who i think are the most relevant players across supercoach dream team and afl fantasy in at number 12 today a fascinating player to have a conversation about rowan marshall number 12 in my 50 most relevant joining me in this episode a member of the coaches panel i got jordox hello buddy how are you very well mj great to be on again and looking forward to discussing the ruck line which Every single year has the most conversations, the most variables, <laughs> and often the most headaches. Yeah, so it certainly does. To discussing uh, this uh, guy. I'll just say Braden Proust now so I can get him in once, and then we can move on. <laughs> uh, I hadn't mentioned him in the 50 oh, most relevant after yeah. saying his name millions of times last year. We just had to get that out of the system. Uh, let's talk about this 27-year-old. For the first time in a number of years, He's now looking really, really tasty as a fantasy prospect for us. Last year, some really nice fantasy scores, though, across the formats. His best super coach score and AFL fantasy and dream team scores are also career high scores for him. It's a 163 in fantasy and dream teams against the Hawks, while it's a 173 for super coach. Uh, average. He's a little bit pricier than you might have realized. He's in it around the 91 market in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and 92 in Supercoach. It's in that format. He's going to sit just a touch over $500,000, just a tiny bit too over 800K in AFL Fantasy. While his most expensive is at Dream Team this year, $828,700. And if you've played fantasy footy for a number of years, really since 2019 or even over the past two or three seasons, you've known this one simple thing. Rowan Marshall should and one day could become an absolute premium fantasy jet in our ruck division. The splits, which we'll talk about of scoring in a moment, have given us that confidence and indication And now that Patrick Ryder has headed off into the sun, fantasy coaches are looking at Rowan Marshall and thinking, yes, 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 value plus opportunity plus proven scoring. He feels like a lot of people are just walking in, and probably rightfully so, into Rowan Marshall for their teams this year. Well, you'd think so, MJ, and... Everything you've said would indicate that we should be doing that. But I don't know. Sometimes the preseason's too long and we, we think and we overthink. But That's true. I, I think Marshall's a really interesting example just in my experience of having – because I started in last year, right? And he wasn't terrible, but I just I, – I didn't get the right run with him. Like I got off and then he, and then he turned it on, you know. Um, so this preseason, I haven't actually given him much thought. I've kind of been in the thought process of it's either English or a value guy. I haven't even thought about Marshall. And, you know, having a look and preparing for this chat today, I'm, I'm sort of saying, well, why not? <laughs> why am I not? When everything you just said, you know, we've been waiting. I, I started in last year with Paddy Ryder, confident he could still excel with Ryder because he has in the past. Now Ryder's gone. I almost feel like that last round 
and it's silly, but it was grand final round in the fantasy yeah. world when um, the now departed Brett Ratton plays Campbell with him. Yeah. He hit a, he hit a well a forty seven in DT and AS sixty four probably in not coach. a whole lot more in Supercoach. So yeah, there's a bit of a sour taste, but I, I'm 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 forgetting about that, and I've got to really think about it smartly because everything we're about to talk about suggests he's going to be the one. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right though. How that's all it takes is those moments of disappointment and frustration of a, a failed pick of expectation. And all of a sudden we can discount a player's relevance into coming seasons. And that's one of the hardest muscle memories to learn. Um, good fantasy coaches do it all the time is be able to go, right. That was one year. I need to remove that emotional bias that can be there and, and be able to kind of look at life and things in a really healthy light. You allude to that game, that final game of the year, Rowan Marshall only had the 48% of center bounce as well. It was Tom Campbell having 52. The reason being is kind of the initial six weeks beforehand, even eight weeks beforehand, we saw an absolute dominant Rowan Marshall just really running strong for us across the year. When we look at his season scoring over the splits of the season, he averaged 91.2 in fantasy. He went at an average of 81.7 before the buy. Post-buy, he went at 100. Nine tons across the year, two of them over 120, and seven scores under 80. We'll talk about that though in just a moment. Or well, if you flip over to Supercoach, same look, 92 for the year, an average of 89.2 pre-buy, 94.5 post-buy, five tons. Four of those tons were big scores over 120 and just the eight scores below 80. Now you look at some of the scoring of Marshall across the year and Jordox has already alluded to some of the, the inconsistent patches uh, that we might have got. There's there's a run of three weeks of 60-plus early in the season. There's 60, a 50, and a 70 scattered in between these tons. But the real truth that we should be looking at is this. What happens when Rowan Marshall is the lead ruck without Patrick Ryder? Thankfully, we've got a couple of years of data that gives us some numbers on that. In 2022, in the 11 games he played with Patrick Ryder, he went on an average of 78.5 in Dream Team and Fantasy and 75.8 in Supercoach. Without Ryder, 105.3 in Dream Team and Fantasy, a differential of 26.8, while in Supercoach, a 109.8. But this isn't just 10 games. Even jump back the year earlier in 2021, Seven games with Ryder, six games without Ryder. 77.7 in Dream Team and Fantasy with, 89.4 in Supercoach with Ryder. Without Ryder, 103.7, a differential of 26. And in 2021 in Supercoach, 109.3 without Ryder, 19.9. Friends, you've got about 16 games of data in the past two years that tells you this. Marshall's a 105 guy in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, right on the edges of 110 in Supercoach. Depending on the format you're playing, that's 10 to 15 points per game of value inbuilt to that starting price. Yeah, pretty um, pretty telling numbers, those splits, aren't they? I mean, we, we kind of knew what was happening the last couple of years, and that's why, you know, the retirement of Paddy Ryder, uh, a loyal servant to the game, is is somewhat of a, 
moment of rejoice for the fantasy world. 100%. Because we now get a get a good look at Marshall um, potentially as the number one, the solo ruck. And I say potentially only because, you know, there's been some murmuring, some some concerns, and this is what happens, like I said, <laughs> the preseason's too long. Too long. Sometimes yeah. we don't have much. Well, we don't have much to talk about early days, and I think this was through December um, when the King news came through. Yeah, with the shoulder injury, yep. Yeah, that's right. And then there were some concerns that that could mean Marshall is needed forward. I mean, I didn't really subscribe to that myself, but it was enough of a, oh, yeah, to lean towards English if you were splitting the two. No, it it certainly was to do that. And it was one of the most fascinating things for me to to watch is kind of December and early January unfolded. You're right. Sometimes there's such a level of excitement in the fantasy community. We're like, open the team pickers, Pete Jank, get Dream Team with Supercoach open now. You're yelling at AFL Fantasy, open the darn game. We don't just want to know prices. We want to start putting it together and not in an Excel spreadsheet. It was because those splits that I just ran through made Marshall so appealing. It, it really did echo what he did in that season of 2019, where he was a solo ruck, where he averaged 99 in Dream Team and Fantasy and 110 in Supercoach. Um, and it's fascinating to me. They're like, I'm all on the Marshall train. Max King, one of the best up-and-coming key position forwards in the game, goes down injured. They go, oh, no, he's going to get forward. I'm jumping off him. But here's the thing. If you actually look at the St Kilda list and you analyse, you don't just emotionally react. That was never going to be the case. Let, let's look very quickly into this St Kilda side. Beyond Rowan, the only really pure Ruckman they have is a very young and developing Max Heath. Now, can he play at the elite level? I think only if the option was to run Butler at Ruck or Heath at Ruck. That might be the only time Heath is going to get an option through there. He's shown moments and potential, but he's just a developing Ruckman. The other three guys that can sit in that Ruck division could squeeze through. Tom Campbell, a part-time player at best. A forward who can Ruck, not a Ruckman that can play forward. The other is Jack Hayes. Now, sadly, was one of the best cows we had last year, coming back off an ACL. Um, he's the one that will play if he's fit, but he will not play as the lead ruck. He will play as a tall that might push up the ground, maybe not as much without King, but he is the pinch-hitting ruck. The other is a former Crows Academy player that they didn't nominate for, Isaac Keeler. He's in the... Heath territory of, look, maybe one day, but not this year. And so the narrative is really clear. Is Rowan going to be a centre bounce primary number one lead ruck? Friend, the answer is yes. There, there is, no, it doesn't mean others won't get an opportunity to, to get moments and splits and seconds in there, but he's playing lead ruck. We even heard that so much so from himself. He did an interview with Channel 7 reporter Mitch Cleary around about a week or two ago where he confirmed a number of things. Number one, he's the fittest, strongest, and healthiest he's ever been. So tick, tick, tick. And he confirmed that he will be the number one ruck and wants to thrive off that opportunity and take every bit of learning that we've got. 
But Jordox, that's not the only reason people are looking at Rowan Marshall, is it? Is yes, he's now the number one guy, but there are some other elements that people are looking at this ruck division going, oh. How am I going to balance my way through this? Because so much has changed in premiums we normally would have gone to. Yeah, it's it's not as simple as just one of the big boys in Gorn and Grundy, and then you know a you know mid price, even rookie price. Bruce again gets a mention, Thank um, you. as you are too. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's kind of all over the shop, and no one's really got a clear idea. I mean, I think most, if if you had to say, would say by default, English and Marshall most likely will be the top two by the end of the year. But none of us really know what Grundy and Gorn are going to do in that combo. Sure. No one really knows if Riley O'Brien's hit his ceiling. I say it every year. This is his year. Um, <laughs> so there's a handful of those guys. But I guess, you know, I, I said at the start of the pod, I was talking about, you know, starting an English and a Marshall and a value option. And, and the obvious one um, that is quite popular and I like as well is Scott Lysette just because of how cheap he is. Yeah, he is. What he can do as a number one ruck, and he could be a stepping stone where you could just park him at R2 until we decide, okay, what's Grundy doing? What's Gorn doing? What's Riley O'Brien doing? But you know what? The thing about Rowan Marshall, when we look at those splits that you've put together, the with rider, without rider, and we land on in Dream Team Fantasy at a 105, Marshall is a value pick. He's yeah. priced at 91. And I think based on that, he goes 100 at least. And that's nearly 10 points. So, yeah, I think that changes the conversation when you're saying English or Marshall, because English is not value unless you think he's got another level he can go to. He very well could. Yeah, absolutely. But Marshall's underpriced. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's got me rethinking it. And, And I think that's the other thing with the Rucks, for those who have been looking at their team since December. But... As the longer this preseason goes, the more different changes you'll make. I mean, I'd be surprised if there were many people who, when they opened the comp, said him and him, I'm not touching it. The conversation around English even changed when he had that issue with uh, his leg. I'm not sure. Yeah, what that was, just that training. little preseason niggle. Yeah, minor, minor. Then Gorn has has a bit of hamstring awareness. All of a sudden, Grundy's stocks go through the roof. Darcy but Cameron's are... had a few concerns. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes, he has. Um, so we're very much jumping at shadows, but it's a really fun line this year. And I really think whoever gets it right, uh, whoever picks those rucks and gets that right, uh, goes a long way to succeeding in, in 2023. They certainly do. There's three key things you need to factor in with Rowan Marshall. Number one, there's at least 30 games across three seasons that when he has the lead ruck role, He's a 105, 100 to 105 AFL fantasy and dream team guy. He's a 110 guy in super coach. In a line that there are question marks, that's what he has shown he can do. It's not potential. It's not forecast. It's not hoped. It's proven. And it's proven as as recent as a last handful of rounds in 2022. The second element is we're in a division that has got more question marks around who's at the top of the tree that we've previously had and the path and the narrative to getting to be a 105, 110 guy and be towards the top of our scoring outside of Tim English 
Rowan Marshall has the clearest, most clean narrative to get you there in terms of not ruck sharing, not ruck rolls, not any question marks. He's got that there. The third element, there's actually four. I lied, there's four. The third <laughs> is the bar of what it takes to be a top-end premium ruck has been lowering every year. You used to have to go 115, 120 across the formats. Now a 105 in DT, it's about enough. A 110 to 115 in Supercoach, that's about enough. And then the fourth is his value. And what that extra 50 to 100,000 can do can be the difference to getting up to the premium you might want to. It might all of a sudden be the way you take a Hayden Young up to a Jordan Dawson. It might be the way you go from a Christian Salem who now is in people's concerns due to that thyroid concern. Now it's a way up. It's the way you can deepen your bench as cash cow news starts to really sneak out of clubs a little bit. You can start to now deepen out your lines. That money when reinvested really does make a difference. And I'll throw a fifth element in there. And oh, why would I? Devil's Advocate, because we're going very strong on Marshall here. But yes. Devil's Advocate, one thing I would say is durability and, and uh, body. So Marshall's never played a full season. He has always missed a game or two or several in every season he's played. I just wonder if he is the number one ruck this year, which we think he will. Can his body... Um, hold up to the rigours of being that number one bashing crash ruckman. I think so. But it's something to consider. I mean, you know, Tim English hasn't exactly had a very clear run um, with his body. But it makes me think of a guy like Jared Witts last year, who was obviously value and much cheaper. But picking him from round one, you know, that, that was almost the play because he played every single game. His role never deviated. And, you know, he put up decent scores. So, look, that's the only thing I'd say on, on Marshall is that he hasn't yet put together a full season. He only missed the one game last year. I'll give you an example of, of the pain of early Rowan Marshall only sure. last year. So it was in um, the earlier rounds, round six against GWS. He was on, so he scored an 88 in Dream Team Fantasy. Doesn't sound too impressive. He got injured at half time. So I don't know if he played a few minutes in the third, but I'm pretty sure he went off at halftime on an 88. And I remember that week thinking, this is it. This is the pay dirt for starting him. And he missed the next week. So all rust miss games, but it's something to consider. Look, there's um, plenty of reasons. If you're looking to find a way off Marshall, you can find him. And that's the beauty of it. But right now, there's a big chunk of the competitions that are on him. 40% of dream teamers, 42% of super coaches. And honestly, the format where I feel like you could take the quote unquote risk on him is AFL Fantasy. And it's only 36% of coaches. So the format, he's probably the most viable um, and risk uh, is minimized due, due to the two, two trades a week, use it or lose it. That's a surprising one for me. I'm big on Marshall. I think what he can do is not just be an R1 and give you the look at R2 and Jordox mentioned Lyset, Cameron, maybe some others pop along. I actually think it does give you the opportunity that he and English could be a set and forget. In 2022, I wasn't a big advocate for set and forget. 
in any format. I thought the value of Proust made it clear that there was other ways of getting there. But in 2023, set and forget might just be the right way to go. Just a quick one before we have a chat about draft. I'll just correct myself. He did play an entire season in 2020. Yeah, that's the, a um, bubble year. The, short, the, short, games. the shorter season threw me off there. So I, I, I'll, I'll correct that. But That's right. That, Someone was yelling at, at, at their yeah, phone <laughs> at the moment. They said, it's like, get your fact right, mate. Um, yep. All right. Let's talk about draft R1, obviously. Man, Rids made this comment. We've alluded to it the other day uh, a, a few times now about how valuable those top end three or four forwards will be. We expect Doherty to go on draft boards early. English will be the first ruck off draft boards. I think that's safe to say across formats. But depending on the format, Marshall might be the second and others maybe third or fourth. Um, which round are you happy to go for Marshall? Is there a space or is he, is Rux just really hard to place this year? It's really hard. And it, it's, you know, it's unique. And we've said this many times on this episode, but previous years, Gorn and Grundy first round, pretty much. And now this year, everyone's thinking, all right, well, that's not happening. We're not doing Rux in the first round with maybe the exception of English. So for me personally, look, I'd be very happy to start with my rucks in the in the third round. Um, when others go, I, look, I, I thought about this today. I was thinking about when does Marshall go in a draft? And the answer without it being the answer is within a few picks after English. So as soon as someone takes English, I'm very sure someone is going to say, all right, I'm grabbing Marshall. I'm not waiting. And that would be the advice because as soon as one goes, there's two big boys in the ruck this year. Um, and I think, yeah, as soon as English goes, within the next few picks, Marshall will go. When that is, look, I'd say it's hard, MJ, because... I wouldn't pick I, him in the I, first I, two rounds unless you're nah, really But if someone deep, did, yeah, it wouldn't yeah shock someone me. did at the end of the second round, it's like, it okay, you're getting On started the turn, in the ruck. You know, if, if you're at the, you know, you got pick one, you get a Dunkley, who I think's... He's who I'd be going for, number one pick overall across formats. Mm. Um, is if you're on the turn in the second and the third, and you're like, man, I I get the opportunity to lock away a bond, and the next best based on my tiers and rankings is that cool. I I, I don't mind that. For me, I think um, there'll be people that jump and jump big for Marshall, and there'll be others that just don't like the rucks, won't want anything to do with the rucks, uh, and will miss him. So it's for that reason he's a fascinating Blake. Um, player to place. Um, Jordox, you've been an absolute superstar on this episode. So thank you for your fine work, my friend. No worries, mate. If you want to go and read the article on Rowan, there's some more of those splits details of with and without Rider and a bunch of other data pieces. You can go and check that out at coachespanel.tv. Uh, all the players we've revealed so far in the 50 most relevant, their articles are there as well as the podcast. You can go and check them out wherever you're streaming or have downloaded this podcast from. The rest of the series is there. In about 30 seconds time, i got a clue for you about who's next in the 50 most relevant. But if you have loved what you've got from us so far this preseason, nearing 40 podcasts already. Yeah, we're doing all right for you. We're taking care of you. All the details of how you can become a Patreon supporter, you can find that at coachespanel.tv. By the way, the top 10's coming up soon. I'll tell you this one thing. In at number 10, the actual player I won't tell you about. 
But the person on that episode, I can. I know we're not at 10 yet, but we're giving you an extra reason to be excited. Number 10, Selby of Marrera's Magic is going to be jumping on the podcast. So you can go and check that out when it comes. But who's at number 11? Let's just say that sometimes when you see a guy's price, you go, that's too expensive. I can't start him. But you're priced at your price for a reason. So who am I talking about that is priced at a price that makes everybody go, (laughs) but he's there for a reason. And scarily, he might be better. He might be underpriced. So who's this guy that's priced at a price that we look at and we're all going, oh, that's a lot to pay. But could he be valued? I'll tell you tomorrow in the 50 most relevant.